And we are back with another edition of the Daily Dots. And um, <clears throat> I am back. I, did we do one last? We do one last. I think it was, it, it was it was a clean sweep. I did I did Monday through Thursday. Oh, that's right. Yep, yep, that's right. Because I had that board meeting on Thursday. That's right. So yeah, so being gone for a week, we're gonna call that your vacation. Everybody's like, no man, don't come back. <laughs> just let Chase just let Chase fly solo. Uh, <clears throat> no, yeah, another. I don't know. Interesting day. Um, by and large, where, I mean, where did we finish on the indexes? I mean, we were hovering right 0.2, 0.3% up kind of across the board. Yeah. So S&P up 0.4, uh, NASDAQ. So NASDAQ composite 0.2, but the Q's up 0.8. Um, Even though the Q's were getting destroyed. Yeah. Mag 7 down 1.4. So because of the rebalance stuff with the NASDAQ, very strange, odd dispersions and stuff today. Yeah. Wild. Uh, small caps up 0.2. Wild stuff. Um, big things of note on the day. Um, I, biggest thing I saw today, I, you know, I know you've got all teed up. By the way, I'm, I'm trying to string him out right now because he's dying to go off. No, I'm, so I'm not going to go crazy on it because I'm, I'm writing a giant piece and Okay, that, that'll right. be enough for people. All right, yeah, yeah, it would be not not enough for you, of course. And it's a weird day to get excited about something that's blowing blowing up your uh, your your day. So yeah, that was a lot of fun. It's all roll. Um, <clears throat> no, but it, you, well, I didn't really see much interesting today. I think Costco came out with some pretty good earnings. Um, Contributed to that. Yeah, I I Costco is one that. I'm kicking myself for unloading because it got too expensive. Really hoping that I get another chance to buy it. Yeah. Just, I love that company and I shouldn't Same. let it go. And it was stupid. But anyway, um, <clears throat> I just love for them to get cheaper. Someday. I, I, I think it'll happen. I think it'll happen this year, but um, we got to get through this whole, the economy is great and everybody's winning uh, deal that we're in. I, I, I didn't really see a whole lot go on today. R- rates were fairly muted today. Um, really no data. So it was a kind of a chill yeah. day. Yeah, kind of not a lot going on. One interesting thing I saw, I haven't even had a chance to dig into it, but um, Oracle was getting absolutely obliterated in after hours, down almost 10%. Apparently a really big revenue miss. Yeah, slowing cloud momentum, which for whatever reason, if you're big tech, all all, all anyone cares about for your stock price anymore is what you're doing in the cloud. Yeah, I and, and it's one company, it's Oracle. Uh that again, I I keep fighting the the deal. You know, occasionally that jobs report last week, a little harder than I expected it to be. That being said, you had all the restrikers returning back to work. Like I feel like any piece of good economic data has kind of had a caveat, and everything else just seems to be corresponding with things slowing down. The market doesn't want to hear that. Um, that's not the narrative you're hearing talked about on the street or CNBC still. But the the data the <laughs> I'll continue to say that the data is still all pointing in one direction and that has remained remarkably consistent. Every time I kind of hold my breath for a new data point, kind of telling me how my outlook is wrong. I'm kind of pleasantly surprised if you will, where I'm like, Nope, that kind of checks the box too. Uh, you just had a, you just, you, that's a couple of expressive looks yeah. while we're sitting here. What's going on? So the VIX and this, the spot of VIX um, index, it's, it's had a it's had a red candle, so it's closed down from its open. Fourteen of the last sixteen sessions. Good lord! And so it actually closed up today, even though it had a very red candle because you know it gapped open, gapped up, and then closed closed red on the day. But 
just it was up about two percent um even though like uh vix futures were were down just interesting to me a how brutal it's been for it and and b the fact just the fact that it's up on a day where everything's you know else is up where did the vix close today oh all the way up at the nosebleed level of 12.64 for spot VIX. The world is coming apart man. 12.94 for the front month futures i'm still trying to wrap my head around the fact that you've got a fed funds rate of 5.5 leading economic indicators are just getting whooped and the market continues to trade like the fed is buying everything in sight and interest rates are zero yep it's flows i get it it yeah. flows we all know it i just it it just it still hurts to to your head to to kind of watch it sometimes. Yeah, because even even though like so we we rightfully sit here and talk about the flows because I mean obviously they matter. The the thing is you know they matter ninety five percent of the time. There's still going to be that five percent of the time yeah. where all of a sudden the market has to grapple with some some sort of macro reality or financial reality, um or well on the one you the or one down you, downward flow reality flows go both ways. Yeah, right. Eventually, well, most of the time they go one way, but um, eventually they go both ways. But, you know, it kind of reminds me of like you, people are like, oh, that's what all Permabear is saying. I'm looking at them going, Permabear? In 2021, I look, you know, everybody knows me as a value investor and a fundamental guy. In 2021, we made a lot of money trading things that were ridiculous. Yeah. And the reason why? Because the government was raining money and rates were at zero. And it's it's just one of those things where you go, in this environment today, it's not that I can't envision those things going up. It's just me sitting there going, if reality, yeah, the risk. Re- if reality sets in, you've got a stock that's priced at eighteen times sales, who's growing revenues at high to mid single digits and negative cash flowing. If reality catches up to that stock price, you could lose half to seventy percent of your money in a very short period of time, and that that's what makes this so tough. You know, going into this year, and I don't know what your thoughts were. I mean, if you told me like what what is the speculative bet to make some money? Remember the conversation we had about buying ARC at 35? Yep. Right. And this stuff doesn't surprise me. The reason we haven't done it is the environmental the environment does not favor it. The underlying fundamentals don't favor it. And you're just watching price separate from reality and you just never know. You know, when you've got the backstop of the Fed just puking money like they were in 2021 with 0% rates, it, it, it's kind of like you probably – we took on some risks on some spotty things that I otherwise wouldn't. But in an environment like that, I've tried to explain people, in an environment like that, outside of an exit, you know, an, an exogenous threat of some kind, which is always an ever-present threat in investing, and truthfully, when an event like that happens, correlations all go to one anyway. So it doesn't really matter what, what right. you own. But in an environment like that, yeah, you trade that stuff. Well, what's crazy to me is that the market still is behaving and acting as if the conditions are the exact same. And they just couldn't be more opposite. And it's been frustrating. But Right. You know. Yeah, because that's the kind of stuff you want to play ball in early cycle when you have when the Fed has your back instead of late cycle when the Fed's pushing back. Yeah. And and we will like whenever whenever we get to a point where it's early cycle and the Fed has your back, like we'll buy some dumb stuff we didn't really want to buy. And we'll buy some stuff we love at a better valuation, hopefully. But yeah, like you say, right now it's not the case. It's it's late cycle, at least we think so. And uh, and the Fed does definitely does not have anybody's back now. Everyone thinks the Fed will have their back with some some you know just cuts for just for fun in Q1, starting Q1. But as long as the market's doing this, and as long as uh, as long as the economy itself is, j- is slowing and not really falling apart, I don't, just don't think they're going to do it. 
You know what? Here, here's the issue that I, would I have. Be. Yeah, here, here's the issue that I have, and this is the and this is the, the this is kind of my whole thing boiled down to a single snapshot. The market is priced as if you are at the big beginning of a big expansion. Yep. Nothing that that could. There, but look, I don't know the way this resolves itself. Nobody does. What I do know is that that is not anywhere close to reality. That is just not the case. Yeah, barring the always mentioned productivity, just boom, miracle. Like, hey, AI is like legitimately changing everything. Like all the fat people are skinny now. And they're the right. The right tail version of the exogenous threat to the downside. Right. Right. Yeah. Just the right tail version of that. The right tail atomic bomb. Right. <laughs> Which always exists. TM. Right. Yeah, trade the right tail tongue bomb. Yeah, we're gonna <laughs> yeah, trademark that bad boy. But yeah, that's that's the thing. Tab. Th- that's the thing where I sit there, a market priced with indecision here. I'm still gonna have a relatively bearish economic outlook just because of the data we're looking at, but I can completely understand that. I can completely understand a market that's got baked uncertainty into it. But when you're looking at a market now again, I, I understand it's the flows, but when you're looking at a market it's got a VIX at 12.6. The best performing stocks have earnings yields that are roughly one third the risk free rate, right? You're looking at a record price to sales, market cap to GDP across the board, record valuations, right? Uh, 60 years low is unemployment. You just look at all of it and you're like, look, I, I could be wrong. But if, if our outlook is wrong, I don't think that that means that we find ourselves in economic nirvana. Right. Right. It, it, wouldn't you agree that that's what equity prices or asset prices in general are pricing in, the economic nirvana? Yeah, especially equity prices, whether that's – I mean, as we talked about many times, just whether you know the earnings outlook for the next couple of years or um, – I mean, you, you name it. I, a lot of that too. Like I just think a lot of people think wage inflation gets just sticks around 4% forever and everyone has a bunch of money to spend and I just, I just don't think it's going to work out that way. Yeah, I, I don't think it – I don't think it is either. Um, okay, so anything other – before we get into the, the talk of the day, the talk du jour, if you will. I can't ever say du jour without thinking of uh, Dumb and Dumber. What's your soup of the – what's your soup of, jour? soup of the day? Mm, <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> um, what, what, anything interesting on the economic front? We get any news out? We had the jobs report. Let's. We, oh, yeah. we, you and I didn't get a chance to discuss the jobs report. Let, let me throw out my my um, my very rudimentary layman's look. Um, I think all things considered, I think you'd have to call it a strong jobs report. Um, and then you and you feel free to critique critique this and tell me where I'm errant in my ways. Uh, I think all in all, you got probably considered a stronger jobs report. I think that it was probably unduly or unnaturally impacted by the um, uh, the strikes, the people returning to work for the automobile manufacturers, and who else? There was is automobiles and uh, healthcare was a giant, and and government were just huge pluses. Yeah, huge pluses. Um, I don't think on the face of it, seeing the unemployment rate pull back from three point nine to three point seven, that was kind of a. But then you think yeah. about it, and you're like, it's one month data. Right. Um, so that's so there's that. I got to put some context around it. And second of all, these things never go on straight lines. Right. I mean, even. Yeah. yeah. One month, no matter no matter what, it's always something you got to just take with a grain of salt. That's why. I, well, I, and you could see and you look you, you one month from now, you could see revisions that have the yeah, that's, rate back up. Which we've seen all year. Right. Yeah. We've revised out three hundred and forty thousand jobs this year. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, that's why like I always use like a three month moving average on all this data, just because like, it's hard to trust one month. It doesn't mean you don't look at it and think about it and put it in your process. It just means you understand that it's one month. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was very strong. I the unemployment rate surprised me. I thought it'd be, I thought we'd move to four. So obviously a big big miss there. Um, hours ticked up, which has been important. Um, that's important for you know incomes and consumption. Uh, and, and then wages were a, a tiny tiny bit warmer than expected. I take all those things seriously. That that means to me, yes, this is a very strong report. But at the same time, like you said, um, some of the additions from manufacturing coming back. So we lost 35,000 manufacturing jobs the month prior. We only we only gained back, I think it was 29 this last year. So we didn't get them all back. That that was a little noteworthy to me. Uh, temp jobs, which tend to be a leading indicator, those fell again. Um, and then most notably, as we have turned to a dead horse we can beat here on the show, uh, construction employment. Both residential and non-residential construction employment fell on the month. And to me, that is the... The keystone species, the big gear when it comes to employment for the next two years is to keep an eye on construction. That That's where it looks like, hey, we might have a million extra people working in a sector is straight up. You you look at the gap versus what permits have done, um, the way that kind of tends to lead, it suggests at least a few hundred thousand too many people if we go where I think we go on construction. Um, so that's that's notable that that doesn't mean the turn is here. We might go right back up next month, but it, it, Hey, it shows some softness. We haven't really seen much of this year. Yeah, no, it, it's all these things you gotta, yeah. All these things you gotta bake into it. Um, again, though, I, I will say that considering what happened with government healthcare. And then, like I said, the auto, auto workers returning to work. I, I just, and not because it didn't correspond. I just think that there's, well, you know that there's a lot of noise in that number. Well, where, where it ferrets out to and where it ends up. Sure. Um, but it's certainly not one where we'd look at and go, okay, that's a trend shift. Right. You think that's fair? Right. At least from my perspective. All right. So now let's get into the heart of the matter. Uh, I woke up this morning and got the initial opening on our portfolio and market was flat to slightly negative. We were down like 1.2. And I was like, what in the world? I start checking a couple of positions. And I'm like, what's what's killing us here? Then I stumble across. <laughs> Guilty. Uh, we put a little trade on in the portfolio. That was the last Thursday? Or was it Friday? I think it was Friday, but I can't remember now. It wasn't big. I remember getting fired up about it both days. So Yeah, it was. It was, And I was trying to rein them in. I lost that war. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if we waited one more day, that would have been special. Yes, yeah. But of course we didn't. Uh, but that's fine. We was starter position, but um, got long, got gotten some leverage nat gas plays and got our faces ripped off today. Welcome to natural gas trading. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's like geez, it's like it's like trying to tame a storm, or it's like yeah, it's like wrestling with a rabid warthog. Uh, so spe- speaking of a great quote from from Jimmy Rogers on that, he, he said, "Just a few months trading natural gas futures at a professional level is worth four years at the Harvard Business School." Oh, uh, Larry Mc, Larry McDonald uh, quoted quote, uh, tweeted that quote out earlier. Now that's that's correct. Okay, so when when we're getting our face ripped off, 20, one trading day after enter a trade, and everybody's talking about you know nat gas dystopia again or whatever, oh, yeah. right? Negative. We're, I I saw some tweets about negative nat gas prices coming today. That 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 made me happy. We we had one of those moments. It was a Top Gun moment this morning where you're like, hey, I want to add to it, and I felt like Merlin talking to Maverick. You want to do what? <laughs> 
no, I'm, I'm with you. We're, we're both on the same page on this one, but you've got, you've done the more of the research. What, what's got you so ginned up? So uh, a lot of things, but, um, I mean, the price is just wrong. So if you go back to when we got under $2 and we're close to that now, back in 2020, uh, the, you were like 60 something percent above the five-year average. And that right now you're 19% above the five-year average. Okay. Now let me hold, let me, let me lay some historical groundwork here because just so you guys know to his credit and I, and I'm very stingy at doling out these kind of compliments, but just to his credit, was it about two and a half years ago where you on Twitter, you were like, look, I think that gas go to 10 and you got shelled for it. Yeah. People were just laughing you out of the room. Where did Nat Gas go? All the way to ten. Yep, all the way to ten. And that's so, that's really the only time in my my career I I got was fortunate. Let's call it lucky because that's what it was. Just literally lucky enough to essentially buy the bottom in something um, on gas futures. That was just a magical time. But this this feels it's not the same. It's not as juicy as that. That was just completely insane. But this is pretty insane. Um, I mean, we're producing too much. Uh, but I think I think price going to where it has gone as fast as it's gone will change that. Um, LNG exports are massive, and they're going to continue to grow. Not not really in the next year, but in twenty twenty early twenty twenty five, you should start to see even more. Um, we're producing one hundred and six, and we're exporting about fifteen. So we a lot of this production growth has gone straight, you know, straight out the Gulf. Um, but at the end of the day, like you go back to that 2020 period and you had massive glut versus, you know, five, 10 year average. And right now you have a very small uh, a glut compared to those averages. We're only, we're less than 3% higher on storage than we, uh, versus the 10 year average. So this is not, it's not like we have a big glut. And in fact, going back to the summer, that, that excess um, inventory has actually been burning off. We had a big, a big withdrawal last week. So really what we have is everyone freaking out about the fact that the weather models are showing a very warm winter for crazy nerdy specific reasons. I don't think that was going to play out the way everyone else does, um, at least possibly it's weather. So we're all guessing there. But um, so just just looking at that, looking at the fact that I expect oil production to kind of slow down in the Permian and that will take some gas production with it. I expect the the folks in the pure gas plays to lay down some rigs soon because they haven't been doing that. Um, I think production could go back to 100 even in, in the first quarter. That with the LNG exports, um, a slightly colder winter than we currently expect, which we currently pretty much expect a blowtorch. Um, that is all that and total panic selling in the last two weeks. It just all says to me that Nat gas is just at the wrong price and it needs to be much higher, uh, you know, two, three, five, six months from now. Now, <clears throat> both of these are my takes and anecdotal, and I know you love anecdotes, so I'll, I'll throw them your way. But, you know, one of the things that we've talked about is that, and I think there's, it's a confluence of events, but one of, one of the things I do think is happening in equity markets is you've had 15 years of very, very simil similar financial conditions, and it creates muscle memory. Human beings are just, you know, creatures of habit, creatures of behavior, and we never change. And in my opinion, one of the explanations of equity market weakness this year is the conditioning of people to expect higher valuations due to 0% interest rates and sort of forgetting the middleman, right? The muscle memory winning out over the actual reality on the ground. My question is this, do you think that that's playing out in gas too? 
Because remember, there was this dynamic with E&Ps that lasted for quite a while, which was low prices beget even lower prices because they had to continue producing because they were all packing so much bloody debt that they had they were like a shark, right? They had to keep water moving through the gills no matter right. how nasty the water was, yep. right? They don't now, exactly. by and large. Which is why I expect shareholders to be burning up the phone lines to say, hey, you need to lay down some rigs. Like, why in the hell are you spending three to sell it at two? Like, stop. Right. Right. And so I'm wondering if some of this insanely, you know, Nagas trading just like it has for the last 15 years, right? It, it's always been violent, but with this constant downward bias, right? It seems to me like everything, including Nagas, is trading with the muscle memory of the last 15 years. Uh, yeah, I agree. And not acknowledging that the conditions couldn't be more different. And it's still over anchoring to, to winter weather whenever electricity demand is so big. And electricity demand is more anchored to summer. So now I've been I, – I said summer's a new winter. I thought we'd have a, a much better summer for natural gas than we had and largely because they just pr pr keep producing more and more than I, I expected. But at $2, I mean, overproducing just becomes kind of absurd. Um, and some, something else that I don't think people are thinking about is traditionally uh, there's a lot of – you know, whenever it gets a little more expensive, then you just switch over to coal. But coal as a percentage of our grid just gets smaller and smaller. Coal production in the U.S. is smaller and smaller. Those things are at secular decline. So I think the circuit breaker, you know, hey, if you get to five and it's like, ooh, okay, let's just go burn some coal because it's cheaper. You reach a point where like the capacity to do that at scale is just not there anymore. So even, even on that standpoint, I feel like the upside circuit breaker used to have is melting away. So like the, the blow-off upside scenarios for gas, they're just, they're just substantial and – you get a really cold winter and these LNG exports just keep keep moving away, um, especially if you can if you can get production down in the, in the short term. Right? You can have you can have a violent surprise to the upside and, and even going through the summer, because, again, the electricity demand is just so big. Um, and it, right now, electricity demand is strong. Industrial demand is strong. Um, so really, the only thing that. But even even at the moment, heating demand is strong because the lower kind of southeast is still still cool. It just looks like it's going to you know get blowtorched, and that heating demand will will melt. But we'll see. Uh, I still think going into January, you can you can cool down a little more than expected. All righty, pal. Well, anything else? No, that, that's it for me. Yeah, we got our hands full with that nat gas trade. So uh, we'll be back again tomorrow, though, and. Uh, do we have anything on the docket this week? Oh you know? uh, yeah, uh, C CPI tomorrow. That'll be a, that'll be big, of course. Uh, Fed Wednesday, so the next couple of days will be be big. Interesting. All right, pal. Well, we will be back tomorrow to talk about that and let you guys know exactly how that uh, that CPI report came out. Until then, you're listening to the Know Your Risk Radio podcast, the Daily Dots. Download and subscribe at knowyourriskradio.com. The opinions expressed in this program are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Any indices referenced for comparison are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. As always, please remember investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor.